Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochilillo, and today we have Monique Rebel. She has written a book called Transcendence Calling, The Power of Kundalini Rising and Spiritual Enlightenment. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much. Very exciting. Thanks for having me. So I have read part of your book, and... Um, you have had one hell of a journey to get where you are. <laughs> yes, thank you. I know I'm not the only one, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to give like a, a quick overview about yourself and, and your in your journey and how you've um, reached this point? Sure, absolutely. Um, I was born in Poland. Um, my parents were actors. I grew up in the in actors family. My grandma, who I actually who was taking care of me for the first four years of my life, she was also an artist. So it was more more of an artistic family. But um, I grew up with my mother. I didn't barely knew my father. I saw him for the first time on television when I was 16. I didn't even know it was my father. So it was not a, a, a usual uh, childhood. My mother didn't want children and she really made a point of it <laughs> while uh, having, uh, while taking care of me. So it, it was different. And by the, I decided to um, leave Poland when I was 19. And, and I, that was already long a long time ago because I'm already 64 years old. <laughs> I left when I was 19 and started my my starving artist journey. Mm -hmm. um, I got pregnant at some point with a man that I really loved deeply, and we tried to have a family together, but that didn't work out and. Um, my personal life uh, was really shattered when when that happened, but I tried over years to be able to earn a living during doing my art, and I was able to to have shows of my artwork and be an accomplished artist. But it was extremely difficult to actually live from it full time. And I tried to have my daughter with me, but it was a very, very bizarre family situation where my mother just took my daughter away from me at yeah. some point. I was not into drugs or anything, not, nothing like that. I was living a very clean life. It just was a family situation. It was just some people you know mm -hmm. so uh, so i eventually got really depressed um after years of struggle i uh in it was in 1992 when um in the beginning of the year when actually already throughout the 1991 i i was really suffering from depression i had shows of my artwork but i was still it, it was just, I was just 
very unhappy at that time. And I was more and more depressed. And eventually I became suicidal. And at that time when I was going to commit suicide, I was just about, I was on my way to get razor blades from the store because I didn't have any mm -hmm. in the house. That's when this incredible experience happened to me. And I did have other um, supernatural, you can call them experiences of being very psychic or, or uh, actually a very unusual experience that I had when I was uh, looking through um, images of um, subtle body and chakras when I was 16. I didn't know anything about it and, and I didn't understand it at the time. But uh, reading, uh, reading uh, verses from Vedas, I had, uh, I had uh, some experiences that I couldn't understand at the time. And then there were more, more of, uh, more of um, um, situations when in dreams I would get information that I later could confirm in books, information that I never knew about before, that I confirmed in books and I would have more detailed information than than what I could read in books. So there were instances like that um, several times, including um, the time when I was um, painting and suddenly realized that I broke into another dimension of perception. And that was before my major experience that happened four years later. And when that happened, uh, it took only about half an hour, but the, the, uh, the results of it just will last forever. There, is, uh, there, is, there was so much information that I received. And what is most, something that I can talk about um, besides probably what most spiritual teachers talk about is about, uh, love and uh, and being in the heart and about um, meditation in terms of uh, aiming at slowing down the thoughts process and mm -hmm. losing the ego and all that i uh, was able to observe my consciousness travel through those different worlds, which I later called dimensions, dimensions of perception. And during that time, I realized I didn't know at that time anything about chakras. I didn't believe in uh, chakras. I Somebody told me and I just dismissed it as, as you know, just some woo stuff. I, I don't, I don't even want to listen to it. So that's where I was at at the time, and I didn't know the word Kundalini either, um, and I didn't think that spiritual enlightenment was anything specific. It was a very vague thing to me. I didn't know anything about it, and I wasn't really 
looking for it. I was looking for being able to survive as an artist and be successful and have my child with me. And yes, I was always in, I was, uh, I was spiritually attuned to my own, you know, like we all are to my own inner world and working on it and working on it with my, in my paintings for many years, but I did never connect it with uh, something like, um, spiritual search or having a guru i never i never did that and i never I, I was never interested as i said in chakras or or in the whole subtle body thing i didn't even use that word at the time so everything changed once i once i had my experience and because it was such a powerful experience it's an incredibly powerful experience and it gives you so much information it takes time mm -hmm. to um, to contemplate it. So, what is it you think triggered it? Like when I was reading your book, at first I'm like, okay, maybe it was the you know you had a really traumatic life, especially with your mother, and then you really, really dived hard into your artwork. And, and I was reading your book, and then you all of a sudden, just like out of, like you said, you reached that deep despair of depression, of depression, and you and you were ready to kill yourself. And I'm remembering it right, but but like you were taking a bath or something, and then all of a sudden, like like boom, like those like you were seeing different colors and rainbows, and, and, and like just you just broke through the perception of reality automatically. Um, what what do you think triggered it? Was it the 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 constantly being an artwork, the pain? Like 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 it's just it's just amazing how spontaneous it was with you. Um, when you know, like like you have somebody like me, like I would love to have that kind of experience. <laughs> well, um, yes, I did. Uh, I did give it a lot of thought, and I uh, did. Um, you see, when it happens, you understand everything. And when it's done, you understand what happened too. It's just a matter of putting it in words. And it's not just one particular thing. Um, if we listen to spiritual teachers, they will always emphasize on one thing. You have to lose your thoughts or you have to be in the heart or you have to... Uh, be religious in some way or do mantras or you know there is always this one thing and i noticed that for me in order to for that experience to happen there is a series of things series of practices that are needed and we subcon i subconsciously practiced and many of us subconsciously practice, but we don't know where that practice is leading. And I didn't know where that practice, my subconscious practice was leading. But I can tell you that for, if you know the subtle body system, if you know the chakras, each of these chakras, as we understand them and the common knowledge about the subtle body system and chakras is that Chakras are uh, of energy vortexes, energy centers, and that each of them is responsible for a different 
aspects of our lives, let's say, for different organ in the body, that's just a very, very minute description of what chakras are. Chakras are the gates to the dimensions that we experience life through. And we are nothing but the, the formless spirit without any attributes that creates the subtle body and creates the whole thing and lives through, in our being, we live through all these dimensions. And basically, there may be more than, than seven, like there are, there are more than seven chakras, but for the basic understanding of what uh, spirituality is, what what's spiritual enlightenment is, what multidimensionality is. We just need to know the system of the seven chakras. And some of the chakras, like for example, the sixth one, have many, many layers. So the thing is that what I experienced at the beginning, not knowing anything about, uh, about uh, the whole experience at all and not believing in it, when it started happening, the first thing that I did, and this is what I teach also to anyone who uh, wants to understand themselves and wants to understand um, what's going on with them emotionally, because emotions, actually, you ask about a trigger, I can say that the trigger would be emotions, which is the second dimension. The second chakra is responsible for it. And in, in my case and everyone else, it's pretty much the same situation. We are all those first three chakras, the material, emotional, and mental are, are congested, they're full, we're full of emotions and these emotions connect with emotions from the past. The, the third chakra is full of thoughts, created uh, mental structures, systems that we grew up with that create our personality. So for me at the time when I could not stand the hatred that I had towards myself, and I went to the bathroom to take a shower, hoping that it will soothe me. And I just collapsed in the, in the tub. And I, all I heard from my mind was to get up and go and do it because I had a violent, violent desire, violent urge to kill myself. And at that time, I was also fighting with it. And as I was fighting with it, I did the, the practice that I've done for many years during the time when I was painting. I had, a, I had um, a rule about my artwork that I would paint anytime I could, all the time, every day, so I get better. And I did that. And in order to do that, I had to 
control my emotions because sometimes I'd feel very depressed. Sometimes I'd feel angry. Sometimes I'd feel in so much pain that it was very hard for me to do anything. But because I learned to actually, and this is where the therapeutic um, aspect of artwork comes in that most of the artists are using. That's the th art therapy. I was able to for kind of put aside or step out of that emotion that was bothering me and go into the painting. And this is the same thing that I did at the time when I was in the tub. I decided to confront that emotion. And I teach that to uh, my students to separate emotion from the mind, from your thoughts, because without separating it, we just dwell in the ego and we can't get out of it. There is no way to get out of the ego because it's full of everything <laughs> that we have already experienced. And, you know, it's just full of thoughts and full of emotions and it's all mixed together. These two chakras, the emotional and the mental second and third are completely, are intertwined. So I managed to look at, to confront the emotion itself. And that's the necessary step. The first step that actually starts the process and I can explain what it does when it happens and I experienced it by myself then for the first time, although before I had some also interesting results from just going into the painting because I could see, I could feel the energy from uh, some kind of um, emotion that I felt that would come to me suddenly, some heavy emotion and and it would, I could feel it going through my painting brush and disappearing into the painting. But that time when I was in the tub, I had no painting there. I did not, I could not, that time I could not paint anymore. I was just ready to commit suicide. So what I did, I looked at that emotion and I called it. I decided to call it depression. And it doesn't really matter what name it is, as long as you relate to it, as long as this is it for you. Uh, for me, it could have been a total despair. It could have been a, you know, and maybe slightly different emotion for another person and maybe something else. It could be any emotion, as long as you look at it. And it even can be a positive emotion, by the way. So as long as you look at it, when I looked at that emotion, I realized what it was, what it was doing to me, what it was, how it was affecting me. I saw it as a dark cloud sitting on top of me, overwhelming me. And this is when, when, this is when your spirit, your consciousness, your individual unit of consciousness, that's the most powerful thing. We are very powerful. 
But we succumb to this emotion, we succumb to our minds because we think, we think that that's real. We think that this is real, the real thing. So we believe in it. But in fact, you can step out of that emotion. And this is what I did. I stepped out of it. It's not, I didn't push it away because that's fighting with it. And then it's going to fight back. Mm -hmm. But if you step out of it, just kind of in a way like, not completely ignoring it, but just move away. It's kind of like if there is a some if there is somebody yelling and screaming, and you're not going to <laughs> go right straight on that next to that person and start fighting with him or yell and scream too. You just kind of move away. So, so that's what I did. And as I moved away, you see, I could not have for for months. I was depressed. So I did not have any nice, good feelings, any nice thoughts, which is the common uh, uh, common therapy, you know, pacifier therapy that really is very short-sighted, doesn't work. What really works is to step away of that emotion and find emptiness, which is what spiritual teachers for over thousands of years have been talking about, but nobody yet, yet, except for this, what I'm presenting, mentioned which level of spiritual enlightenment it is. It's at the very beginning. This is where the emotional chakra can find emptiness and that emptiness doesn't feel good and doesn't feel bad it's that peculiar state that we usually don't know about but it's very specific and this is what humanity needs we need to know about the ability of controlling the emotions in that way not of fighting or denying them of acknowledging them realizing what they are doing to us. And it's always one specific emotion that's leading all the whole, there could be a whole cluster of emotions, but there is one that's leading. If we step out of it, if we move away from it, that emotion is still next, somewhere close, but we are not in it. And that's when emptiness is. This is the practice. I teach that practice, practice of, of realizing that emptiness. It is very difficult at first. And then, and the second part of that, I mean, it has seven steps, that whole little practice. But in order to maintain it, we have to use our mind. We have to put mind to work, which is work on the third chakra, which is what also spiritual masters have been teaching for thousands of years, which is Put your focus, your mind, focus, and give it a task so it can be trained. We need to train the second and the third chakra because otherwise we believe anything that we do while in fact, in truth, this life, this reality that we, that we live, it's an illusion. 
And that's also something that spiritual teachers have been teaching for thousands of years. But that understanding is clear only when your consciousness reaches the top of the sixth chakra. So anyway, in order to, um, to um, bring about Kundalini rising and that whole ascension towards spiritual enlightenment, the process, we need to clear those lower chakras from the congested energy. That energy is, is all, you know, it's magnetic, electric energy. If we are sad, we pull in all the sad and people and things to us. And so is with the mind. Our minds also also work in that way. Like-minded people we like to we like to have around because it's the same kind of vibration. It's the same thing. Hmm. So um so yes, so for me, the first thing that I did was was uh, finding that emptiness. And from that moment on, the emotion stopped bothering me. I was just collapsed in the tub, the water was running, and I was just, then I only had my mind to bother me. And the mind kept on going inside in circles and telling me, okay, you still have to do it, you have to do it, you have to do it. And I would go back and try to figure out what was it that I did wrong, how to fix it. Is there any way I can fix my state and and how I got there and I realized that I can't fix it because it's all in the past if there was anything and I couldn't find exactly what was it that I that I did wrong and that's because because of my upbringing because of my relationship with my mother and I was told a lot of times that I'm worthless, that I'm good for nothing, that whatever. I was just put, being put down a lot. So I, when I was about 15 or 14, 15, I started to have that, that uh, rebellious streak in me trying to, to stand against, against my mother's uh, uh, opinion. And, and I started to check myself, think, what am I thinking? What am I doing? What are my intentions? So I learned about myself. That's another thing that's very important in the process that we need to know who we are. We need to know who we think we are, even if it's not completely true. It's true to us who we are. And it's important that we know that for ourselves. This is another part of the practice that that I'm teaching. So as I, as I was able to um, find that state of emptiness and then my mind kept on going and going and going, I finally gave up. I surrendered. And this is the next thing that spiritual teachers have been teaching for centuries also, surrendering the mind. So it's very difficult. This is the most difficult thing in the whole in the whole process. 
surrendering the mind because that's where the ego is. Ego is who we think we are, you know, who we, who we think we are. And it's all just a shell. It's just, and I saw it falling away from me. And I'm not trying to say that I am different. No, I am just like everyone else. It just happened that I was able to see that during that, during that travel of my consciousness through those dimensions, when my consciousness was able to go through the second chakra, because the emptiness allowed Kundalini to move up. And I probably should describe Kundalini at first too, because it's very important to know that Kundalini is the individual unit of consciousness. So that's all you are, all, all that you think, all that you feel, all that you experience, that's your consciousness. And I didn't know that, I had no idea, that consciousness resides at the bottom of the spine. It's coiled up and mm -hmm. Kundalini means in Sanskrit, coiled up and so those people thousands of years ago they knew that experience they knew what what was there at the bottom of the spine in the sacrum area it is in between the first and the second chakra so that energy is your life it creates your life. It creates everything. We are experiencing it through those different dimensions of perceptions that the chakras are opening us up to. So Kundalini has no um, spirit, consciousness has no form, no attributes. But at the moment when it creates the body, creates the subtle body, and we, we are already a material being and, and being with the whole subtle body, Kundalini becomes, of, has three attributes. The first one is survival. The second one is sexual. The third one is creative. And these are the only three characteristics of the spirit. That spirit needs to, wants to, uh, uh, yearns to understand, unite with all there is, with consciousness that's everywhere. And as we live, some of us experience parts of Kundalini rising. Some of us experience openings of the upper chakras. The lower ones are usually open in all of us and they're full. They're like big traffic. They're broadband traffic in them. It's just, there, there, there is so much going on in emotional and, and mental one. And then there is the fourth one and the fifth one and the sixth and the seventh, and they're all 
different. Each of them operates on a different level. The time is only in the third chakra. In the third dimension, we experience time. Other dimensions don't have time. So that's an example. But um, once my... Uh, once I got to the point of actually surrendering my mind and stop, I stopped thinking about it. I had a I made a decision to actually go ahead with committing suicide without having uh, that that despair. I just made up my mind to do it. I didn't have the the emotions were not were not anymore trashing me all over the place, but the mind, I just let it be. I just said, okay, okay. And then I opened my eyes. And as soon as I was in the tub, it was a white tub, and I opened my eyes, and right in front of me, on the background of that white tub, there was this incredible tube of rainbow light floating, dancing. You know, that's a science fiction in real life. <laughs> this is, this is, this was real and I knew it was real. I was very somber. I was very, my mind was very clear. I just, I just decided to could commit suicide. I was all, I was, I was, my mind was focused. I wasn't transported anywhere. I, I was right there in that tub and it was all real, just like we know reality. And that rainbow of light, that tube of light seemed to be coming out of me. And it was, uh, it was moving. Ah, it was just so beautiful. I had no rainbows in my imagination at that time. I got terrified. I got right. so scared that I wanted to jump out of the tub and I made the first step out when I realized that it was moving with me, that it was a part of me. And then I made up my mind again to... stop and watch. I could have jumped out of the tub and run out of the bathroom and yell and scream and freak out, but I decided to conquer my fear. And I said to myself, I'm going to watch this. And for the next 25 minutes about, I was watching what was happening. And I describe in my book what happened. And this, the next thing that happened in short was, say, describing it in short, was I saw my life. I realized that, that I saw a child making decisions. I saw pictures. I didn't know where they were coming from. I saw a little child making decisions. I, I kind of tuned into that child's mind and, and realized that that child was affected by some events and was was deciding about its own life at that time. 
And only after a while I realized that was me when I was little. And some of the thoughts I had, I remembered and others I remembered only after I relived through them. I relived through my whole life. And it sounds crazy, I know, but this is something that science doesn't know about. We don't know about it yet. And because for science, it's very hard to realize something like that. There were some, uh, you know, for example, uh, Albert Einstein was saying that that uh, intuitive knowledge is, is a sacred sacred thing, for example. He said a lot of things about finding God in, in science and so on. But what is difficult to understand is that is that this experience has not been yet described in detail. It's known that Buddha had uh, that part. That part uh, of the experience was clear to him when his life uh, he saw his life in images as well. And this is the part that each of us, everyone has the same mind. It's the third chakra, the mind, the goal-oriented mind, not the higher mind, which is the seventh chakra of observing and witnessing and discerning. This is a goal-oriented identifying mind. So that mind collects all this information throughout our lifetime, collects the thoughts and creates systems of thoughts that we understand ourselves or we just kind of are guided by it without even trying to understand because, because in the society, uh, this is this is what we believe. We believe that we have to use sunscreen and that's it. We use sunscreen, right? Mm -hmm. We don't think too much about it uh, and so on. You know, we drink coffee and sometimes uh, we hear that coffee is bad. Sometimes we hear coffee is good. We don't know. We still drink coffee or maybe we don't drink coffee. But all of that is not something that we really give a deep thought to. The truth is that that mind collects all these thoughts and they are in that chakra forever. They sit there and we are fed with, um, with uh, uh, systems of uh, mental systems in school, in our environment, everywhere. And we carry that with us in life. And the mind is able to clean itself up from it at the time when Kundalini, our magical, incredible force, our true source of life. When it's going through each chakra, it cleans it up completely. It clears up all those, con all those lingering emotions, all those lingering thoughts, all those systems of who we thought we are, of the problems that we have because that mind doesn't clear up the problems by itself. It needs the Kundalini to go through it, but we can help it by training it to, to have it ready for, for, for total surrender. We can make it, we, we can help emotions to, um, 
like I said, through the process of emptiness, um, through pro pro practice of, uh, of achieving emptiness, and in the same way through training the mind. And there are, there's a couple of ways, but for each person, they may be a little different. Mm -hmm. um, they're different way, each of us is different. Um, for example, for me to focus my mind, I have to, um, I don't have to, but I do use a practice of, of skiing steeps and I'm a skier. So, mm -hmm. so I ski steeps and the bumps and I have to focus. And that's my practice. For others, it maybe would be playing chess or some part of your work could be focusing the mind because we don't. We just, call, we just take any information and we just drop it into that third chakra and it just sits there but the mind is able to clear up all of those thoughts with help of our kundalini when it can go up and kundalini will go up if it has a way to go if it doesn't have a way to go sometimes you can trigger kundalini sexually and this is where tantra and all the tantric system that we know about is coming from that's a spiritual practice but the truth is to start it with to start the practice with trying a sexually trigger kundalini is a very wrong way to go because the chakras our especially lower chakras are congested and upper ones are not developed enough so during that process when I was sitting in the tub and I and I lived through all of my life I was my mind by itself was able to follow each thought it sounds crazy but this is happening by itself and each of us has that mind it's a perfect computer that can perfectly think analytically through identifying and through uh going towards a goal it can do that the reason why it's not always perfect it's going creating wrong conclusions is because we don't realize we don't have the knowledge yet i'm giving that knowledge mm -hmm. about separating the chakra separating the uh, the emotions from the mind and about working separately on emotions, working separately on the mind and clearing those chakras so Kundalini can go up. Kundalini, we naturally, it will naturally go up by itself. It will go up because that's what it wants. We all want to do better. We all want to, to use that incredible potential, that magical power that we have but we're stuck in the lower chakras. Our consciousness is slumbering, sleeping in those lower chakras. It can wake up. It will go through all of them if we are ready. If we are not ready, they will just, it will just cause people to go crazy <laughs> or you know, have physical problems, yeah. emotional problems, mental problems. So <clears throat> training lower chakras and cultivating the upper because once your consciousness can go through the third chakra the ego falls away and then you realize 
you never needed to have all these labels put on yourself in order to get through life. You don't need, you are free. You can create, you can solve any problem. Each of us can solve any of our life's problems. If our minds are clear from lingering thoughts, from lingering past events that, that we understood in some way that put us down, that created difficult situations for us from the emotions that are keeping us down instead of not having those emotions and being able to reach for whatever we want. So once that consciousness moves through, our awoken Kundalini moves through the third chakra, it goes up to guess where? the fourth one, right, mm -hmm. moves to the heart. And that's another incredible step. This is where we always want to be. And this is where humanity has been trying to create, you know, God and love and God's love. And then there's Jesus and there is Buddha and there's all, all there are all these great spiritual masters that are teaching about love and we think that that love is in the spiritual masters or master it is in jesus or it is in whoever no it's everywhere love is everywhere all the time it's a dimension in the same way all the dimensions are there all the time and let me just say about the material dimension. This is all we see. This is all we touch, can touch. This is we can what we can smell. This is what we can hear. This is all we can taste. And it's, it's what we can see. Uh, stars at night, cosmos, neb neb nebulas and galaxies and what we can see under the microscope, that's all material dimension. And in this, at this level of our development scientifically, we understand that dimensions are length, width, and depth, right? Yes. But these are sub-dimensions of the whole material dimension. <laughs> see? This is my understanding that I received through my experience. And material, material world is, we are a part of it. Our body is just a part of the material dimension while consciousness is everywhere. Consciousness is in a piece of rock, in the dust, in, in, in any object, in gas, in consciousness is everywhere. And it is in our body, but it takes our own kundalini, our own individual unit of consciousness to go through all of those dimensions that we have available to understand that we are one with everything, that we actually create our reality all the time. All the time, whatever we do, we living, we are creating it all 
And the thing is that it's all being created anew all the time too. Mm -hmm. So it's never, it's never, it's never static. It's always in motion and in the spiritual form, it's always an incredible potential. It's potential, potential, potential. So we are creators of, of life, all of us. It just, and yes, you can say that everybody is enlightened. Yes, we all have the potential. But the true experience is something that, that we at least need to know about in order to practice. Because on, for example, once our consciousness gets to the fourth chakra and we realize that love is everywhere that Jesus and Buddha were teaching it because they received it. And there is a moment, and that moment of receiving grace, it may have heard in, in I think it's in Christianity, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a term that's used, receiving the grace. Um, it's actually a moment it's 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 a it's a it's a moment when it happens and at, in my case i could feel my heart was touched and i fell in love completely forever and i knew that the presence that suddenly was around me was in love with me and all of us each person is loved all the time it's a dimension that's always there if people know it it's not it's not imagination it's not idealistic thought it's not a dream love is real it's everywhere all the time but we need to be able to tap into it. So I teach that as a next part. And teaching that is not, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I remember listening to uh, Nazra was talking about it. Mm -hmm. So yes, to learn how to tap into the dimension of love is to definitely to practice it. You don't have to practice it as, um, you know, letting yourself be beat up, but practice it within, loving everything. The way we are learned, or we are, the way we, the way we are taught to love, or the way we are experiencing love in the ego area of first three chakras. We love this and we hate that, okay? Right. We like this and that's, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> this person is wonderful and that person, oh, that's a horrible one. So, so you know, that's not it. <laughs> the love that we have to cultivate is the love for everything, for everything, everything included. And it sounds, of course, difficult and crazy but there are practices that we can do and i teach my students those practices which uh, allow to understand better and feel better how it changes us 
to be able to love uh, a piece of rock, to be able to love uh, a neon sign somewhere, to be able to love whatever you are able to. It's a process of actually developing that love. Jesus was teaching it, you know, other spiritual teachers were teaching it, and it's because they received it, so they were able to give it. It's hard to give it when you don't receive it, when you feel lonely, when you feel the, the love is coming from a person that you have to have. If you don't have that person, you don't have love, and so on. You know, we imagine uh, or we think we're conditioned to to uh, to think that having having things and having uh, um, love relationship in our life is what we need to to experience love. The spirit, our our being, will get our our physical being, our human being will get everything they want if all the chakras are open, if the energy is going through, all the dreams come true. It's just mm. a matter of understanding the system of multidimensional consciousness and practicing what you need to practice. Some of us need to practice more mind control, mind focus, mind surrendering, very hard for businessmen, for, for powerful people. You know, they identify their power with the power of their mind. There is no knowledge about other dimensions. And those other dimensions, the upper ones like love, that's already healing, right? The moment we, we think that we are loved, the, the moment we can feel it, we don't have that problem anymore of, of feeling inadequate or, or unloved or lonely or, or unable to get on with life because we're not loved. Everyone is loved. Everyone is loved all the time. Then the fifth dimension, that's something that you probably have a lot in your podcast people talking about because that all that has to do with exchange of energy. So it's healing, it's exchange of energy with other beings, could be physical beings like people, animals, but could be spirits. Science denies existence of ghosts and spirits. But science doesn't know it because science is, is limited to the mind. Mind cannot go out of itself. Mind has to surrender and allow the power of the spirit, of the individual unit of consciousness to go through it, clear it up, and then go higher and experience love go higher and experience that we none of us is alone none everyone is we have those guardian guardians angels we have all i mean so many people it's a belief right but in many ways people actually tap into the energy for example i'm, I'm going to give a class on on facebook live beyond life and death 
And many people already have been mentioning to me how interesting it is for them because they do have connection with their loved ones who passed away. And, and there is, it, it is true, but it's not proved by science yet. But all those beings are out there and we can connect and people connect with beings from other galaxies, other civilizations, other times. And if you, you must have, or you probably for sure have heard of Akashic records. Yes. So that's where all the information is. In the fifth dimension, Akashic records, some of us have access to them. All of us can have access to them, but in everything, the Kundalini energy, the individual unit of consciousness needs to go through all the chakras in order for it to be all right. Otherwise, if just the fifth chakra opens up suddenly, maybe because of music, because that's connected with sound, that's the vibration of sound, maybe because of the vibe, that's the vibe, you know, what you feel, certain vibration, vibe, you know, you know that's an atmosphere, that's the fifth dimension. So we have it, we experience those upper dimensions in real life, in our daily reality, as glimpses. Maybe sometimes we can feel, maybe if we go to church, we feel love because God loves and loves us and the preacher is saying that and maybe at that moment we feel it. And then when we're back at work, we don't feel it anymore. You know, it's just it's just glimpses. We, we still feel the lower chakras all the time, but the upper ones, um, like the fifth one, some, are psychic so so they are able to see in other time in the past or in future can can tell things will happen can uh, perceive what others can because they have the upper the fifth chakra open and that's that incredible space that always is painted when it's presented, there is always that blue light to it, right? It's always blue. Yes. It's always that deep blue and the angels are floating there and, and whatnot, you know, any kind of animal spirits or UFOs or, or aliens, or, they're all in there. And people, people uh, uh, tap into different, different beings and there's, there's so many of them. It's not just a couple, but that's the fifth dimension. And then the sixth one is incredible too. <laughs> that's intuition, intuition and vision. Vision happens first and then intuition is, is understanding it. And if we think about comparison of understanding things with the mind, that's our third chakra, the logical mind. Of course, you know, we know mind as brain from the first dimension, if you, you, you know what I mean? The first dimension is the physical one, so the mind is in, in the brain. Yes. But in the, in the subtle body system, if you look at the subtle body, the third chakra is the solar plexus. 
that's the mind that's the gut that's the mm -hmm. that's the mind that tells us what to do and we use our linear thinking that's where you get like a knot in your stomach when something <laughs> bad happens or you do something bad <laughs> yeah yeah so that mind is 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 logical um that mind thinks one two three four five six so on that's how we think but the intuition is much faster it's thousands times faster if not more you ask question intuitively and the answer is right there right after you you pose the question usually the answer comes by itself and so sixth chakra um, has to do with our own investigation in in the intuitive way the fifth one that i just talked about is collective this is group understanding this is where we where we can heal together this is where healers are this is where we get information from others that's helpful to us when our consciousness moves through the sixth chakra and opens us up to the sixth dimension various things can happen and there as i said there is a there are layers to it and in the first first part there is always a vision so some of us have visions because we have those that sixth chakra opening up sometimes visual artists will have the sixth chakra more developed and what in in short what it is all about it's as i said uh, intuitive understanding of a vision but it's also understanding of things like sacred symbols sacred geometry tarot cards any kind of divination like i ching or whatever else you can think of as a divination system um, astrology numerology all that has to do with visual understanding of symbols and archetypes when we talk about archetypes like tarot cards are is a perfect example of archetypes but there are many many archetypes in for example in the indian um hindu religion we have 40000 gods and and in buddhist um faith there is there are also uh, you know green tara and medicine buddha and then there will be many more kali there'll be many many more archetypes these archetypes we can we can relate to some of them personally really well some of them are not uh, are not close to us but through those archetypes in buddhist tradition um we meditate through them yes so so the ener their energy is reaching us and we can exchange we can do the process of uh, of uh uh, clearing ourselves of helping ourselves with using that particular archetype so <clears throat> and in in the fifth chakra fifth one we also have sound healing and and mantras and all but the sixth one is more individual 
it's what our personal personal relationship is to those uh, archetypes to under our comprehension of astrological system of numerology of all those of all those uh, different psychic sciences that I just mentioned and then there is a very important moment that happens when our consciousness it goes through that chakra and reaches towards the end of the sixth chakra the sixth chakra is the third eye right mm -hmm. so we can see that's why we can see the subtle body because <laughs> subtle body is not visible right to everyone daily but it's visible through the third eye to visionaries who have detected it through their third eye through their sixth chakra and it's the same for everyone i mean there are variations of, of uh, uh, how others may see the subtle body with different uh, chakras. Maybe there are, there's 12 chakras or maybe eight. And it's all, it's all good. It's all fine. Um, this is still within that understanding that we can reach through our uh, logical thinking through our, uh, I mean, understanding in terms of, uh, of uh, um, the logical thinking, the third, the third chakra will make a report of it, you know, kind of like a scientific report. It's like a, kind of like what I'm talking about right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it, the other understanding is the intuitive understanding or psychic understanding, uh, like uh, true connection with others, like in the fifth chakra. In the sixth chakra, all that understanding comes together, and then there is another element to it, which I will not talk about right now. I'll just talk about it a little later, because it may be too confusing. But in the sixth chakra, consciousness that is able to go through the top of the sixth chakra at that time, we can clearly see, this is the only time when our being can clearly understand what's usually a paradox of real life being an illusion. Mm -hmm. So it sort of gets like past uh, duality. Oh yeah, oh yeah, there is, there, there, yeah, you can at the point when our when our consciousness moved through all the six chakras and it's at the top of the six chakra, we can see we can we are perfectly fine in every dimension below. There is a hierarchy to dimensions, and from the lower one you cannot see up, but from the higher one, if if you have. Um, if the if the kundalini is all going through if it all the chakras are clear you can clearly see down so you can see all these different levels of perception and at the very top of the sixth chakra you see how your life is created designed already in the sixth dimension so 
what we live through, and this is what spiritual teachers also have been teaching for thousands of years without much success. <laughs> so, <laughs> that this is an illusion. And, and, um, and in, in truth, uh, all that we live through is kind of already happened. Whatever yeah. is happening to us, it's already happened. We just kind of, I, I call it chasing the shadows chasing our own shadows uh -huh. even, trying to get there trying to get here trying to do this we're getting frustrated that we can't do that but it's all done you don't even have to move a finger we will move a finger just because we are already designed to move it so that's the part that's very difficult to explain and i don't try to explain it within you know within an hour or two hours but I teach how to cultivate the sixth chakra through visual thinking, visual understanding, and through doing what our own personal predispositions, predispositions allow us to do if we are inclined uh, to uh, study um, any kind of uh, psychic science, great, if we want to comprehend symbolism or colors, for example. You know, there, there are many, many ways our sacred geometry of, of cultivating each of the chakras. And that helps, helps in the final uh, process of Kundalini moving up. It helps those chakras to be ready for Kundalini to go through them. So the top, the sixth, the, the top of the sixth chakra, something very, very important happens. And yes, we've talked about it for thousands of years as well. This is where the soul self-realizes. This is where soul becomes aware of itself. It makes a statement that I'm sure you have heard of. The statement is, I am. Mm -hmm. This is the statement of the soul that self-realized and comprehended that it has created your own life. We create our own lives. And all that we go through, all the trials and tribulations and all the problems that we go through are there so we can self-realize. The problems that we have are there for us so we can get through them. And that's when the soul self-realizes and we're free from, not only free from the mind that's bugging us as an ego, but free from all of lifetimes. Mm. Free from, we, we become, we become uh, a soul that creates our own life consciously, immortal soul. We reach immortality. And at that moment, 
we can make many decisions too, whatever we want. We can even become God, deities. And as you know, they do say that we are gods. Right. And yes, we can become gods at that moment when soul self-realized knows that it's eternal. We can take on life of God or goddess if we choose to. In my case, I chose to move on <laughs> because there is another process that we that I want to tell about, which is called self-inquiry. You might have heard that term. I've heard it, but I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. You know where you're kind of going to go with this. <laughs> yes. Okay. Self-inquiry, because I mean, okay, so everything happens by itself. We have the experience spontaneously, and it happens, right? Right. And as I, as I described to you, these things were happening to me, but I was observing it. Mm -hmm. Everything that I practiced subconsciously was very important. I knew about myself. I had no doubt who I was to myself. I had no doubt what my interests were. I had no doubt what I thought, you know, right. I knew myself. That's the basic knowledge for self-inquiry. It was Ramana Maharshi, who um, was a contemporary Indian saint, who had his own experience at the age when he was 16, which was at the beginning of the uh, 20th century. He passed away in 1950, but he left an incredible legacy of uh, enlightened being who coined the term self-inquiry, although maybe it was even known before in the non-duality system of Advaita, which is uh, one of the, uh, one of the uh, even old Vedic systems that exist in, uh, in the um, uh, metaphysical or, or mystical uh, philosophy of, uh, of India, of old India. So it's not, it's not completely new, but he mentioned, he talked about it. And what's incredible about the self-inquiry is that this is where the practice on the seventh chakra comes in. This is the practice that we may learn from our spiritual teachers mm -hmm. who teach us meditation and teach us contemplation and teach us to observe and witness and discern. As I said, the mental structures that are in the third chakra are identifying and are going towards a goal. It's a goal-oriented thinking. It's a logical, linear thinking. Self-inquiry is very strong in the sixth chakra, and it becomes essential in the seventh chakra. In the sixth chakra, we, uh, we intuitively ask questions. 
And that's already self-inquiry. In the seventh chakra, we observe and we make conclusions. So those conclusions are not conclusions like, you know, what to have for dinner or, uh, or how, to, uh, how to get uh, this or that or, or, you know, these are questions that are more like, what's the purpose of my life or, or uh, what is love or what is God? These are more, these are more uh, bigger, uh, bigger questions that have to do with the essence of life. And philosophy is, is the practice of the seventh chakra. So self-inquiry, like Ramana Maharshi, for example, was teaching with one question, who are you? So you sit there and you think, who am I, right? So for some of us, it may just sound completely useless. Well, I am this and this, you know. <laughs> This is my name. This is where I was born. This right. is what I do for a living and so on. But what if you don't know? Like, <laughs> I really don't know who, who or what I am or where I am or what I'm doing. Right? Well, that's, that's not, you know, you know, you know something, you know something of, uh, of what you know about yourself from, from life. I'm male, you know, or a female, I know. This is my name. This my parents' names. This is where I live. This is the base. This is know thyself. <clears throat> <clears throat> this is what I call know thyself practice. The first step to self-inquiry, and then the self-inquiry is that uh, that um, more uh, difficult for some uh, process. But we all have the potential we all have that top chakra that can develop and can open up and without the seventh chakra opening up without that philosophical uh, contemplative um, approach to life that seventh chakra will not open up unfortunately and all the spiritual teachers that we know they're great quotes that we talk about those quotes that we mention their why their wisdom that wisdom is the seventh chakra wisdom so wisdom is just like a, a, a conclusion overall conclusion of what life is about and and spiritual teachers talk often from the seventh chakra and the moment when that chakra is able to open up is through the final self-inquiry. And just like with the third, third chakra mind, you will never know when it's going to really surrender. But you have to practice without knowing when it's going to surrender. The same is with the seventh chakra. We practice without knowing what's going to happen and when it's going to happen and if it's going to happen. But we practice, and then suddenly it will happen. So uh, that moment is when we unite in bliss, in complete awareness of being actual creators of all there is. This is when 
our consciousness, our individual unit of consciousness, Kundalini, went all the way up through all of the chakras, visited all of the dimensions of perception and exited through. And then the energy can still circulate inside us, go back through the first chakra and keep on moving and cleansing everything. And that's spiritual enlightenment as everyone can experience. No one is, is unable to do it, mm -hmm. but practicing is something that, you know, that we all need to do. And the world is not aware of those levels of practice that, that we need. For example, some artists, you know, they, they would have these incredible visions and abilities and talents and, you know, God-given talents, right? right? But then their personal life, personal life will be unhappy. And that's because the lower chakras are congested. And this is for most of us. Most of us have to work on the lower chakras. Every day, no matter where you are, no matter what state of consciousness you're in, each of us individually needs to work on the emotions and on the mind. And often it's without necessarily hope or, or expectation to get somewhere. And that's the trick to it. You just do it for the sake of doing it right. Uh -huh. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Is this something that a person can achieve in one lifetime, or does it take many lifetimes? Is it, is it like a, a longer process? Because that sounds like a lot. It is a lot <laughs> when you start to think about analyzing the whole thing. For some of us, um, some of us need just very little, you know, a little tip. Like you know about people who who went to a guru and the guru gave them looked at them right mm -hmm. and they got enlightened right yeah and that's because they were ready and they were ready because of their own maybe subconscious or maybe conscious practice i think that you know in my case for example i had predispos predispositions and we many of us have predispositions and it happened to me that i just lived the way that i intuitively felt like it has to be that way but it wouldn't be right for someone else and some others would consider it a horrible way to live you know so it's very it is very individual how uh, we are uh, looking at it what we are thinking about it and how we are uh, how we are dealing with it I know that that for everyone that that process of finding emptiness, you know, once you're able to get there, and if you get really mad at something, and you just eaten you be eaten up by anger, and your thoughts are going on and on and on about that situation and these people and this politics or whatnot, be it anything that's just eating at you and and changing your life for worse and making you making you uh make 
worse decisions because of the because of the emotions if we practice emptiness it's going to go away the anger is going to go away any bad emotion is going to go away but we have life as i said we are already designed so things will come up all the time it's not a one time deal we have to practice all the time and the more we practice the more we're able to deal with it properly and the more kundalini is able to go up because it has it has an empty space to move there is a channel called shushumna there that kundalini can move up through all the chakras so we all can practice seven because the first one is just the physical being you know physical healthy eating healthy nutrition you know exercise that's the first first chakra working on the first chakra and as it sounds a lot to if i describe all those different different levels each of us is different and for some of us focusing on for example uh maybe uh maybe love you know just focusing on on just one chakra but practicing the lower ones so this is what i do i have a course that's even called uh, our multidimensional consciousness and i teach uh, uh, everyone will have slightly different talents and different dis- different inclinations to to do it differently so it is individual but everyone your question was whether it's possible in this lifetime yes it is possible but i am not someone who can tell about someone else out there right away uh-huh. because because we are all each of us is a creator of our reality so the more conscious we are of the system of multidimensional consciousness the more conscious we are of practicing the sooner we will get the sense of our life being beautiful happy and creating better life for everyone including of course ourselves because it starts with in an individual so the time again the time exists in 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 our in our ego in our three chakras that's the the, the dominance of the first three chakras that's ego it's just a dominance you know uh it's nothing it's just ego it's just nothing it's just the dominance of those chakras if those chakras are cleared up and upper ones are developed there is no dominance of the third of the three ones below because they're all they're all aligned balanced so why do we even need those three lower chakras for well, the, if, if they're just like ego Yeah, we are alive in the material world. Uh, that's that's what we chose to do. But we don't have do we have to deal with those lower chakras after we die or no? After we die, uh no, we don't deal with any of it, but the the um the soul identity of the soul remains. 
but not, no, no. You know, like for example, um, emotions and all the, the, all the problems that we have, the, the spirit doesn't have that. Right. Doesn't have that, doesn't have that. But um, when we are here, on this plane it all seems real it's all seems real and you know we need emotions so we react to to because because um our individual unit of consciousness has creates the body we want it we create it so we so we can go through it and self-realize <clears throat> and uh if not in this lifetime then in the next time or next time and next one or next one but we go through it and uh and we do react to the material and do we react to our minds our our minds react to the emotions our minds react to the physical and we create all that and we're looking for goodness. We're looking for optimal way of, of living. We're looking for success. We're looking for happiness. This is our quest on this plane. Mm -hmm. But to be just thinking that that's all there is makes us stuck in that in that ego, right? Right. So we just we need to have them all all opened up and all developed that's the, that's what we need to do and why you know why why do we exist all together <laughs> 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 you know uh it's uh what's what creates life is inspiration so uh we exist to be inspired <laughs> <laughs> yeah it makes sense does it? Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you say that because this is this was my, you know, I don't talk about it often because I want to keep it secret for people who will read my book, but oh, maybe I shouldn't. That inspiration is 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 most important in life. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Yeah. Absolutely. Comes, everything comes from it. If you're inspired, you can get things done. And it's kind of fun too. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, after after I had that experience, it's just my life was so unhappy. I was so troubled. I was just I would see all the unhappiness in the world and and feel even worse about my life and vice versa. It just was it just was terrible. And then when you know that you're loved and you know that that you can get help anytime you need it. You know, you know that you can understand things if you try to, and then that that sense once it once your chakras are cleared up, the sense of delight, the sense of bliss, the sense of just beautiful peace and 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 just being, it's wonderful. Life is beautiful, and each of us can experience it that way. Mm -hmm. and re our dreams are realized you know of course i had uh, i had <clears throat> dreams to realize after i had my experience but i was just so happy to go after them 
they, it was not never a thought that oh my god I can't do it well in the process you know you go up and down up and down all the time that's normal because we do have emotions our mind is always trying to figure things out it's still there it's always there but knowing where we come from knowing the source knowing the the reason the reason being let's say inspiration not only love i mean love is not just one little thing it's huge but that's a whole big dimension that's always there and this is what i'm always trying to make others see that these are dimensions the physical is a dimension emotional it's just a dimension and so is the mental one we tap into them or we are don't let's not get let's not buy all of this at once you know the mind you know the mind it's it's always going to tell us some stuff right and you you don't even know what it's going to tell us but for sure it's not who we are you are not your mind you are this free independent unit of consciousness that chose this life you chose it as is so be, be happy about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I i do even my own experience in life once i learned how to kind of get past my own mind yeah things became yeah. much 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 better <laughs> Exactly. Much more interesting, much better. Because as I describe in that system, you know, that third chakra is just one chakra. It's just one perception. It's just the dimension of perception. That's not all who we are. And us human race over, you know, so many thousands of years, we're just looking, we're just looking at those first three dimensions and we think that that's what it is and if somebody says something bad to us we get angry or upset or depressed or whatever and we get stuck in that but we don't have to we can go beyond it because we are because we are beings that are not just physical, emotional, and mental. Yeah. We have so much more going. That was such a... That was the most powerful description and walkthrough of the chakras I have ever heard. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you can... You could see that, that I'm so grateful that I was able to explain it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that was fantastic. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I've read so many books on chakras, but none of them have even come close to, to, to the depth that, you, that you've gone to in this interview. Thank you, thank you. And it's because people mostly see it through the visionary third eye. But I describe the whole experience of being through the individual unit of consciousness that's the difference through the spirit mm -hmm. 
That's great. Um, so before we wrap this up, where can my listeners find you? My website address is uh, moniquerebel.com. And most of the information about events, and uh, usually now they're all online events, it's on my website. If you sign up to my mailing list, I will always inform about whatever is going on, um, whatever uh, talks, events are happening. Um, I teach classes, but I was teaching them here locally. I live in Reno, Nevada, so I was teaching them locally in the in the yoga studios and uh, in the center of spiritual living in different places. But now we don't do that much, so everything is online and um, I have different programs. I have individual and group sessions that can be all found on moniquerebel.com. <clears throat> My book title is Transcendence Calling. It's available on Amazon. It's available on Barnes and Noble. It's in some bookstores here locally in Nevada, uh, but it, it's readily available on uh, online in other other places like book a million too i think it's there so the easiest way is to get it on amazon i would think mm -hmm. and I, right now i'm actually i'm actually finishing up audio recording of oh my great book. and uh yeah i'm i'm preparing a new book too which initially i was going to call our multi-dimensional <laughs> It was a working title for a while, and just not that long ago, I realized that um, from what I got, the feedback that I got from a lot of different people that read my book, <coughs> the last part when I talk about the final, the final stages of spiritual enlightenment, and when I talk about uh, sixth chakra and that that explanation and, and clarification that I'm doing, it's still hard to grasp for 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 some people. So I'm going to make it easier. I'm going to probably call my book non-religious spiritual enlightenment, seven steps to a better human. Mm -hmm probably what it's going to be so it's more clearly understandable that what it is about um i i do have social media that i'm present at i have my uh, my author's page uh monique rebel author on facebook <clears throat> i inform on my personal page which is just monique rebel i inform about my events as well I have some Instagram, but it's it's not really a big big deal uh, at the moment. Um, so I think that's about it. There is some on LinkedIn, and and I I don't right. know. I have, we I have, we we have to be so many places at one time. It's crazy. Yeah, it just right? doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm just trying <laughs> to focus on. On basically uh, working on my website and uh, working with my students, I do about once a month um, an event on Facebook Live that I later uh, that I record and uh, that's recorded naturally, and then and then I post it in different places. And those events are are um, 
just a different a different ones like this one coming up on the 26th is beyond life and death mm-hmm. uh, so we'll be talking about that and i always talk uh from the viewpoint of as we talked today about our multidimensional consciousness so how our individual consciousness individual unit of consciousness that is kundalini perceives the dimensions what to do and um, what to do to practice to to develop the upper chakras what to do to train the lower ones and how to understand life and death in this particular one sometimes i teach about um, dealing with negative emotions which is which is something that we often need to be reminded of <laughs> oh, yeah. and so on. So I don't know what other titles will come up, but uh, there have been different ones. There was one called Our Realities and Multidimensional Consciousness. So that 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 uh, aspect of understanding our life as, as our reality and then having the upper chakras opening us up to to other dimensions which bring magic and all the stuff that's so hard to understand from the viewpoint of of uh, the ego, right? Right. And so on. So there are always new ones coming up. And I'm, I I uh, really recommend doing uh, doing uh, trying trying to do little courses that that will uh, give you the uh, understanding of of who we are without uh, without all that that's or what what's already known like you said about chakras there's something already known but then how to bite it you know (laughs) it's not really it's not really but when you know that you are it you are um perceiving different dimensions to understand that and get it down is so important because your life you you become you become so much more able to do whatever you want in life you know you can you can pick whatever you want and you can be successful at it and this is what i what i i think is so is so essential to know i'm just bringing new knowledge and and I hope that that uh, I bring it in an accessible and easy to understand way, and and understanding that practice is necessary for everyone. Awesome. Well, what I'll do is I'll definitely post a link to your website, and I'll also post a link to your book and notes of this episode, so my awesome. listeners can go th- check you out and buy your book while they're listening to it. Thank you so much, Gary. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And thanks for taking time to be on with me today. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Bear with me for one moment, and I'm just going to play the outro. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise. 
to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you love what you listen to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.